side, who represents the working class better? The right wing or the left wing, the Republicans or the Democrats? Let's debate. Uh, we got uh, on the left, Wazni Lombre. Uh, he <laughs> is a frequent TYT contributor. He's also a staff writer at The Ringer. Uh, and on the right, we have Ashton Cohen. He's a writer on Bold TV. Uh, he's also the host of the Electile Dysfunction podcast. I believe that's a pun uh, we've used on TYT <laughs> before as well. So we rather enjoy that. Uh, good to have you both here. Pleasure to be on. Uh, right. Pleasure, pleasure. I've, not, I've not actually never done this before. I've done so many TYT shows and segments. I've never been on the debate stage. My, my palms are sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it's a, it's a slightly different kind of debate. There's no filibustering, you gotta listen to the moderator, of course, and uh, no personal attacks. But we're gonna have largely a conversation, and these conversations have gone relatively well. But here, Ashton, let's start with you in this case. Sure. Um, so uh, why is the right wing more the party of the working class? Okay, so I mean, I would start with sort of the proposition. I think the three of us agree with was a good buddy of mine that the ruling establishment of both parties have not put the interests of working people front and center. They are seem to be more interested in enriching themselves rather than actually representing the interests of working people. So the question kind of is like, which party sucks less? And I, I assume was would say Democratic Party. I would say the Republican Party. And I think one of the ways that we can look at this is by looking at the manifestation of these policies, looking at a place like our, like California, where we're all based, comparing that to some of the a state like Florida, which is a red state. California likes to consider itself a model of, of progressive uh, government, and you know. If you look at the what's happening in California, you know it ranks 49 out of 50 in terms of income inequality on the Gini coefficient. It's the most expensive place in the United States, in the continental United States, for housing. It costs a million dollars to afford a home here in Los Angeles. You know, 1.5 million dollars in a place like San Francisco. And you know, you look at things like energy prices. It's the most expensive in the continental United States. Look at gas prices. Most expensive in the continental United States, you know, seven dollars and fifty cents. I often see now in our gas stations. If you look at our school system, you know, it's ranking lower and lower every year. We're number forty-five in science, number forty-nine in math, and the place a lot of people have moved to, a lot of working class and middle-class people have moved to, are like the evil red states of Texas and Florida, where you can afford a house for three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars a year, and you got to keep ten percent of your income on top of that. And one of the things I would love to ask you guys is, you know, what exactly is progressive about charging, say, a 10% income on people who are making 50 grand, 60 grand, 70 grand a year? You know, there is an argument to be made about maybe, you know, enforcing that on people who are wealthy. But if you're making 60 grand a year, which is the average American income, you know, California is probably the worst place you want to be. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I, I like that Ashton uh, did the supposition up front that both parties suck. Uh, generally at TYT we agree with that and I know Waz agrees with that. Uh, but Waz, now make the argument for why the left wing uh, is a better representative of the working class. I mean, if, if we're gonna use the idea of red states versus blue states as the model, um, let's use an actual red state like say, I don't know, Mississippi. Uh, you look at the quality of life of poor and working people in Mississippi, it's way worse than it is in California. Um, I don't think there's even an argument to be made that if you are poor and down on your luck, you'd rather live in California for a myriad of social services, just 
just your quality of life is way better. Florida, while it's a good example, is more of a purple state, we can all agree, than it is a pure red state. Somewhere like Mississippi or Arkansas or you know any of those places in the deep south where they are red up and down. State uh, government is red, they're not in the national government, they send nothing but Republican politicians. Those poor and working class people, Get nothing. What I will say is that rhetorically, the right is more aligned with working class people. They tend to be a lot more conservative about social stuff um, than, you know, pie in the sky liberals, if you will, 100%. And I think rhetorically, without the religiosity, um, some of the stuff about kids and the gays and the trans people, that is more aligned with working class people across racial lines than anything else. But policy wise, like, the programs that will actually help people, you know, stuff like the stimulus, stuff like universal pre-K, like they do in New, like they, like the only good thing De Blasio did in New York City, that's more in line with what working class people need. But however, we know the Democrats, how ridiculous they are. They're horrible at selling the stuff that they're actually good at. You know, and I think the right is a lot better at selling this family values crap that they claim to care about, this religious stuff that they claim to care about. Um, you know, the stuff that Ashton's talking about, oh, maybe we should have a more progressive tax. No right winger worth his salt would ever suggest that be the case. That we actually tax corporations for what they make, that we actually use that revenue to help the people that need it the most. No right winger would ever say that. Although I think it's nice that Ashton is saying it here. And again, like I do agree with his general point, right? But I think most of it is rhetorical when it comes to Republicans, and it's not policy based. So, Ashton, uh, you know. Waz is conceding to some degree that on some of the social issues uh, that you guys might appeal more to the working class. But uh, working class by definition is about economic issues uh, mm -hmm. because it's, it's about uh, class, right? And on economic issues, the Republican Party does not seem to have a great track record on being for the average man. Um, so the Democrats can point to certain bills, uh, you know, if higher minimum wage, so not that they passed it, don't get me wrong, but that they theoretically are in favor of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but is there anything you point on the Republican side that is in favor of the working class economically? Yeah, I'll, let me just point out with, with the Mississippi example, there are obviously Bad run states are on the right. There are bad run states are on the left. You know, I, I pick California because that's the fifth largest economy in the world. It is the model of progressivism. On on the other side, on the right, you have Florida and Texas. You know, Florida being, I think, what like the twentieth largest economy in the world. Texas is like thirteenth. So I do think they're fair comparisons with respect to to the progressive income tax. I'm not I wouldn't say I'm necessarily in favor of maybe enforcing around people who make like a million dollars a year or more, but I would be I'd be amenable to it if if it was able to produce results. Whereas, <laughs> so with respect to, I'm sorry, was um. Sorry, Chuck. So your your question was, what has the Republican Party done to economically, uh, economically to help work class? Well, you know, I, I would say things like not having 
over intrusive regulations. You know, California is, is like the worst state to do business. It has some overburdensome regulations. You know, things like why why is the gas price so high? Why are the gas taxes so high in California? There's no need for that. It only hurts middle income people. Um, if you if we want to look at it sort of nationally, like let's put the states aside for a second. You know, we just had we had the 2020 election, and the majority of the people, the the, the professions that were most represented were Biden voters, were people like college professors, 94% of whom voted for Biden, <laughs> lawyers like myself, unfortunately. Vast majority <laughs> voted for Biden. Bankers, HR people. The the most common professions to vote for someone like Trump was construction workers, janitors, custodians, maintenance people, electricians, right? And if you look at today, you know the. It used to be the case very much that the Republicans were the party of the rich in Reagan's reelection. I think about almost all the wealthiest counties in the United States, eight of the top 10, I believe, in terms of income, were voted for Reagan, were Republican. Today, 26 of the 27 wealthiest counties in the United States vote for Democrat and have Democratic representatives. So I think people are seeing that their interests may be aligned if they're rich with the Democratic Party and with if if they're not so rich, if they're making 50 grand, 60 grand a year, you know, they're voting with their feet, they're going to red states and they're voting for red politicians and now you know we could also mention the Hispanics I never thought that the Republicans would reach parity with uh, in terms of competing for the Hispanic vote with Democrats I, I thought I thought that would be like 10 years down the line maybe um, but, the, but the fact that it's here now is, is pretty phenomenal so uh, I'm the moderator here so I'm not so so was let me ask you um, the Democratic Party uh, when you look at the demographics of the voters, Ashton is correct that that now folks with no college education have gone to the Republicans. And so now, for example, there's a big movement for white women that are college educated switching over to the Democrats over the last <laughs> couple of decades, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you see the working class shifting. My Twitter feed would confirm that. And and Latinos, Democrats in 2018 midterms had a 47 point advantage. It's now down to three points. So they lost 44 points in four years. That is stunning. So what is the Democratic Party doing wrong? Because clearly it's doing something wrong. I think to speak to what Ashton is saying, we're richer, more affluent, more educated people. Essentially people who think the country is doing just fine because they personally are doing just fine. They think of the Democrats as better stewards of the capitalistic machine than the Republicans. Because if you are beholden to frothing at the mouth, Right wingers who carry tiki torches in Virginia, there's this sense that like we can't count on you because those are the people you are beholden to. So yeah, I think that speaks to something real. The elites now see the Democratic Party as better shepherds as this god off for this god awful system. They don't fundamentally think there's anything wrong with it, right? The people who do have an understanding that one. Um, the only people who get anything out of our system are the people who have everything already. And the only gains they think they can get is not allowing teachers to say trans in their schools. 
right? Like, not allowing people to say, you know, there were some bad white people back in the days. It doesn't mean that all of their offspring are now automatically evil people and axe murderers and racists and all of that. But no, we don't want our kids to learn that. That's what they that's the, that's what they feel empowered in, right? And so the people who are giving them that are Republicans. It is people like DeSantis. He's not delivering actual economic outcomes. He's not freaking building up roads and bridges and new jobs that are union jobs that you'll retire with a pension and be able to retire and have a life of dignity and dignified work. He ain't delivering that, but he can deliver stuff that's actually tangible to them. You know, and, and that's what I think you're seeing in that shift. It's like they are giving them the low-hanging fruit where the Democrats are condescending to them on the one hand. And then they, they're so beholden to the money, they can't do anything on the economic side. So that's what I think you're seeing with that shift. And when it comes to Hispanic voters, and, and you know, I don't want to get controversial here, but a lot of the Hispanic and Latino people consider them to be absolutely non-black, more aligned with white European people. 100%. So this idea that Cubans in Miami would not identify with the white nationalist party, that doesn't that, that that seems to track perfectly well with what I know about a large swath of Latin culture. That's just 100% true. I'm growing up in New York City around Puerto Ricans and Dominicans. I'm talking about cats that are darker than me, Cenk, that'd be like, no, papi, I know black, I'm Dominican. So the idea that those folks would align with the party that's become more white nationalists in identity, that tracks with me. You know, and, and again, if the Democrats are not gonna actually deliver, and even the stuff that they deliver, actually be able to communicate and sell it, right? Instead of writing a check, they say, oh, you get it back on your taxes. All of this backwards means testing nonsense they wanna do, they're gonna continue to lose those people. So uh, now let's get beyond the Republican and Democratic parties because. Uh, I think that you've both proven the point that they're, to, to some degree, we haven't touched the Republicans much, but that they're uh, unmitigated disasters. So, and, and largely because they're both beholden to the money. Um, but let's talk about right wing versus left wing. So Ashton, um, what are proposals that the right wing has for the working class that would help the working class uh, again, economically, not hey, that helps the working class because mm -hmm. they get to beat up somebody underneath them, right? But that actually materially affects their lives for the better. So I would say, you know, I recently saw one of the old Michael Moore documentaries, and he was very nostalgic about the fact that when he grew up in the 1970s, only one parent had to work. They could be able to afford to buy a home, a nice home in a nice area. Um, you know, they could afford European vacations. I think that's what the American dream is about, and I think that. Republican states are the ones who are delivering that. We want affordable housing. If you want affordable housing, you need you, you can't have things like CEQA in California, which increased the cost of housing estimated like thirty percent. You know, uh, we 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 want cheap energy prices. You know, whether I'm pretty agnostic in terms of what works, but the fact is, what works right now is still fossil fuels. I don't know why progressives haven't jumped on the nuclear bandwagon because that's not that's a that's a zero uh, carbon producing thing, and and that could produce a lot of our energy as well. You know, I'm I'm in favor of what works: low taxes, 
it should be a place where immigrants like my family can be able to come start their business without overburdensome regulations, without things like, you know, there was a story in the San Francisco Chronicle not too long ago where this this Asian immigrant tried to set up an ice cream shop in San Francisco. He went like $300,000 down the hole because of all the, the complexities of the permitting process in San Francisco and the overburdensome regulations and people could contest his, his ability to, to build something there. It's like that's not conducive to working class people, you know. It, if we want a country where everybody can become middle class and then wealthy one day, and that includes low taxes, easy to do business, you know, affordable housing, affordable energy. You can't have a middle class without affordable energy, right? So those are, you know, any policy that that projects those things forward is pro working class, is pro middle class, and and right now you're not seeing that so much in in some of these progressive bastions, you know, where limousine liberals are calling the shots. So you know, the progressives, by the way, see, you know. Are, are more amenable to things like affordable housing and stuff of that nature, uh, to their credit. But uh, you know, in terms of the establishment Democratic wing, the Nancy Pelosi's, the NIMBYism that you see in places like California, uh, that's that's really a, that's really an issue. And if you're if you're comparing that to what Republicans are offering in, in some of these great states like Florida or Texas or Tennessee, where you're keeping more of your money and it's way easier to be able to keep more of your money and to to have a home, own a home, be able to take those vacations. One parent can work if she wants or he wants, and the other parent can stay at home with the kids. That's the kind of America that, that I think we all we all want. So, Waz, before we get to the left wing, what is wrong with what Ashton is saying? Um, in theory, there's nothing wrong, right? Uh, if you want to move to some place in, <laughs> in say, West Virginia and buy a house, if you already have a good job, you can do so fairly affordably. However, a lot of those folks in West Virginia can't afford those homes. And there are no prescriptions being prescribed by the right wing to help those folks get into homes. And I'm not being condescending and out of those trailer parks. Okay, like I'm, I'm being like literal here. Like there is no program or policy being offered. How we achieve, look, <laughs> how we achieved the greatest middle class the world has ever seen was government largesse, period. Those loans, those government backed loans and those low interest rates and that land that we had all across this country that we just gave to folks was government largesse, period. Nobody on the right is prescribing that. Nobody is prescribing a government-based solutions to these economic woes that folks face in downtrodden places in both red and blue states. Um, that's why I get annoyed by people like black nationalists who are like, "Oh, we were better when it was segregated and we had black Wall Street and blah blah blah. The black man don't need no government. It's nonsense. It was good enough for the whites of this country. It'll be good enough for everybody else. That's how we achieved this stuff. The richest country in the freaking world stepped in on behalf of its citizens and basically paid for it. <laughs> Period. That's what happened. So, Waz, that's your critique of of uh, what uh, Ashton said and, and a little bit of history thrown in. But okay, now let's go. Let me stick with you. Uh, what are left-wing proposals that would actually help the working class materially? 
I mean, where do we start? I would love to see a universal income. Um, I would love to see a jobs guarantee. You see Biden's freaking uh, construction bill get stalled by the likes of Joe Manchin and Kristen Senna. But these are hundreds of thousands of jobs, um, union jobs, pensions, benefits that these folks would have making our country better. Literally investing <laughs> into making our country better. Yeah, those are left, and I'm not saying not Democratic Party proposals. I'm talking about those are left proposals, government based economic solutions that will build up the country, right? And when working people fall behind, again, these Wall Street cats are good, they will have their five yachts. No matter what we do, we need to step in for the people who need it the most. Okay, Ashton, now uh, you tell me what's wrong with what Waz just said. Well, going to the last point, and this is something I think I've heard both of you speak about is, you know, Wall Street is right now a product of democratic policies, right? I mean, the majority of people in Wall Street voted for the establishment Democrat wing, right? So, in terms of you know investing in in poor areas, things like opportunity zones, I'm in favor of. You know, I'm all about helping places outside the coasts. You know. Become more economically competitive. I think you know one of the ways you do that is is being a place that's welcoming and nurturing to entrepreneurs with low tax rates, with good education systems, where people can can live and have a good quality of life and be able to have their own homes and all that. Right? These are important things. And in terms of you know government, and I think Waz mentioned government investing in 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 people. Yeah, I guess in theory, sure, it would have to depend on what the programs are. Okay, so then let's go back to politics and the parties as they are, not as we wish them to be. Mm-hmm. So was if the Democrats win in 2024, the presidential election, and assume they have the they win the House and the Senate, which I agree with you, sounds laughable, but assume that it happened. What is what would the working class have to look forward to? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, from from Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi's Democratic Party, I, I, like I don't, or Mayor Pete, or whoever the hell they're gonna throw up there if they don't throw Biden up there. Newsom. There's Gavin Newsom, the pretty boy. Okay, cool, but like, show me proof. That these people, when they have power, we could take it back again to Barack Obama. Unprecedented momentum, unprecedented, unprecedented mandate. Like we're talking about momentum that has not been seen maybe since Reagan. Okay, to do whatever the hell he wanted to do. Okay, and he did what? He made the bankers whole. He got his buddies rich. Timothy Geithner got to be a 600 millionaire after he left that job. That's it. So I don't know how this iteration of the Democratic Party is something that working class people are supposed to get excited. Where's the proof? Like, just show me any proof or hope that these guys actually care about folks. Okay. 
that was not very cheery. Um, <laughs> now, <laughs> Ashton, um, if the Republicans, Trump, DeSantis, whoever it might be, win and they win the House and the Senate, just same exact yeah. question uh, in 2024, what would the working class have to look forward to? Yeah, so I mean, I, it, it does depend on, on who it is. I think, you know, for whatever Trump's flaws, in his up until COVID, we had about a six thousand dollar increase in the median family wage in this country, which was more than Bush, who I agree is one of the worst presidents of all time, and Obama achieved in eight years. You know, achieving he achieved three percent economic growth in I think 2019. We need to be a place where people around the world. Entrepreneurs around the world move to where they can start businesses, where they can they can grow their businesses, where they can, you know, and basically pay people more wages through the, through the growth of their own of their own wages. Uh, sorry, through growth of their own industries. Um, you know, in, in terms, I again, like I I'm a bit pessimistic on a lot of Republicans in Congress, the same way that you guys are about a lot of Democrats in Congress as well, which is kind of why, uh, you know, uh, we're in this we're in this ruling gerontocracy. So I'm not sure exactly what some of their positions are going to entail, but it should be things along the lines of promoting growth, economic growth, um, having a good immigration system that rewards people with skills, bring them over here, um, and get government out of the way so that they can flourish. Okay, well, we're out of time, uh, but I think that you guys have done a terrific job of thoroughly depressing the audience. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it doesn't look like there's a lot of help coming from the Republicans and Democrats in 2024. But of course, that's because, as you guys both rightly acknowledged, uh, money rules, and so. Uh, they're they're in the pocket of the donors, and and I wish we had real debates of right wing versus left wing as opposed to Republican versus Democrat, the fake debates that happens on the national stage. But I appreciate you guys participating in this one. Everybody check out Waz at The Ringer. Everybody check out Ashton at Bolt TV and the podcast Electile Dysfunction. Thank you both. Appreciate you guys.